The History of the World podcast, written and presented by Chris Hasler. This is the History of the World podcast, unscripted. Thank you very much for joining me again today. It's Chris here from the History of the World podcast, another unscripted episode. Um, the first time that we've had two episodes in two days, so a History of the World podcast first. But um, yeah, uh, last couple of weeks I've, I've been unavailable to podcast and so uh, I've had to have a, a bit of a break, but I wanted to give you a couple of uh, unscripted episodes to whet your appetite for the upcoming uh, episodes that are going to be uh, coming your way fast and furious over the next um, coming weeks and months. It's really going to be um, an, a wonderful journey through medieval Europe and um, I'm very excited for it. Um, however, before um, I talk about that, I just want to uh, let you know that next week, before uh, the next proper episode of the History of the World podcast um, we will be um, providing uh, another dose of the Ancient World Cup, which is like a bit of an online competition uh, that we've set up whereby 64 ancient teams will be represented um, and put into uh, uh, 16 groups of four teams. And each week, uh, the listeners to the History of the World podcast will be able to vote for their favourites and uh, whoever they uh, favour will advance into the next stages of the competition. Now, we've already had um, a number of groups, I think, out of the... Um, I think out of the 16 groups, we've already covered 11 of them, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so... Uh, next week um, will be Group L. V voting on Group L will start um, tomorrow. Now, um, who's in Group L? Who are we going to get an opportunity to vote on? Well, and uh, it will be uh, four teams, um, and it's a it's an excellent group. We've got the Huns of uh, Attila fame. We've got the Ostrogoths who um, sort of come to prominence. They were, they were, well, the Ostrogoths were almost a product of the Hunnic invasions um, as, a, as, a, as a distinct entity of Gothic peoples um, and very much uh, come to prominence in the aftermath of the, uh, the, the golden years of the Huns. Then, completely off on a tangent, we've got the Sumerians, who were the, the probably one of the first uh, civilizations that emerged, uh, first recognizable civilizations that emerged, um, one of the first historical 
civilizations uh, coming from Mesopotamia and the the, uh, the Gulf, um, the Arabian Gulf, and um, the uh, the fourth team are the Armenians. Now, what a unique bunch of people the Armenians are! I, I'm really always fascinated by the Armenians and how they um, how they preserve their identity through the through the powerhouse struggles between the Romans and the Persians over all those years they saw many um, many sort of Persian dynasties come and go and then the Armenians sort of continued and um, I think they might have been the first nation the first distinct nation to embrace Christianity or declare themselves officially a Christian nation so um, I might be corrected if I'm wrong on that but I think I read that somewhere uh, so that's a wonderful group, isn't it? Group L. The Huns, the Ostrogoths, the Sumerians and the Armenians. Now, um, in order to vote, you just simply go to the Facebook pages or the Twitter um, account or even the Tapper Talk discussion forum. You can vote in all those places. Uh, voting will start tomorrow, so just keep an eye on them. If you don't know how to find those pages, just go to the History of the World com website and go to the Interact section. You'll be able to find Facebook, Twitter, and the discussion forum there. So, uh, looking forward to that, and uh, voting should start um, tomorrow on Monday. So, and then you'll have until Saturday to complete your voting. And whoever the uh, the top two teams are will will advance to the knockout stages later on in the year. So yesterday we focused on some of the uh, new patrons and uh, some of the reviews and messages that have been sent into the History of the World podcast. We've just uh, set up next week's um, next week's History of the World podcast Ancient World Cup. And uh, now what I'd like to do before I sign off for this week uh, is just talk about what uh, we can expect in the coming weeks and months for the History of the World podcast. Now, we're already 12 episodes into uh, Volume 4, and uh, the main parts or the main topics for discussion were the, uh, were the emergence of the first uh, Islamic um, empires and um, and caliphates so it really sets up a new era in Middle Eastern history um, and certainly that comes to affect Europe and, and the doorway into Europe was through the Byzantine Empire and the Byzantines uh, were really affected uh, considerably. Now we had to wrap up the story of the Byzantines, we had to find out exactly what they were all about. Of course it's synonymous with the Eastern Roman Empire and of course uh, the Eastern Roman Empire was sort of the successor to the Roman Empire as a whole and uh, we know that Rome was uh, the Roman Empire was founded at the city of Rome uh, before it split into two halves with the eastern half uh, finding its capital at Constantinople and the western half having Rome as its sort of spiritual capital city, but but eventually it would be the city of Ravenna, which was the real um, political capital city of um, of Western Rome. Now, Western Rome fell, and it brings us into what we may call the Barbarian Age of Europe, um, certainly where many Germanic tribes uh, found a foothold in. Um, in European history 
um, we can see a considerable amount of um, Germanic influence in the aftermath of the fall of Western Rome. Um, and we're going to explore all of that. We also understand that um, uh, eventually um, the Muslim uh, dynasties were able to infiltrate Europe from another angle. They actually crossed over from the Maghreb into Iberia, into the Iberian Peninsula. Now, at the time, the Iberian Peninsula was occupied by um, a Germanic tribe um, who, uh, who, who evolved from the Goths. So the Goths, who um, were very much an important part of the Battle of Adrianople in the 4th century, by the time uh, Muslim invaders had come across from the Maghreb in the 8th century, these Goths had managed to migrate all the way into the modern countries of Spain and Portugal. And um, that's really going to be the topic of discussion next week. We're going to look at this Gothic tribe. They are the Visigoths. And the Visigoths um, emanated from Gothic origins around the lands of the Black Sea, um, possibly migrating downwards from the lands of Poland originally, but first real, really put on the map when they uh, crossed over uh, into uh, Roman territory near, uh, near to uh, Constantinople, certainly in the Balkans. And, um, and that really put them on the map when we, we get these identities of the Visigoths and also their cousins, the Ostrogoths. Um, so when, after visiting the Visigoths next week, we're going to also be looking at the Ostrogothic story. And, and the best way to look at the Ostrogoths is to tell the story of what happened to Italy after the Western Roman Empire fell. So it wasn't just the Ostrogoths that uh, were, were a fundamental part of the, uh, the, the next decades of, of Italian history. We also see another group of people called the Lombards, who come into there, and then the Byzantine interest in Italy, we've already discussed it, um, mainly through Justinian the Great, the Byzantine Emperor, um, but also, you know, had a real fundamental, uh, you know, influence on Italy. And of course, when we talk of Italy, we have to talk about the Bishopric of Rome, which uh, is the what we know today as the Papacy and the Pope and the Papal States of Medieval Europe. Um, certainly, um, the, po the Pope was an integral part of creating something called the Holy Roman Empire, which was set up in sort of a, a religious um, stance against what they believed to be um, almost, you know, they could have described it as a... A, a, a splintering of the Christian Church, the Great Schism of the 11th century, which we've already discovered, was the was the outcome. But the Holy Roman Emperor, uh, Empire was set up in direct uh, response to uh, the political uh, or the religious direction of Constantinople, and um, as such, we find that a lot of the Western European societies were actually sort of signing up to the to the uh, bishopric of Rome and, and the Catholic direction of Christian Europe. So uh, one of the biggest um, one of the biggest people who signed up for this was uh, Charlemagne, the king of the Franks. Now we so then we have to talk about the story of the Frankish kingdom. So we'll talk about that 
Um, we'll, we'll discuss the fact that um, the Umayyad Caliphate, the Muslim Caliphate that uh, did uh, invade Visigothic lands of Spain actually ended up being, um, being confronted by the Franks as they attempted to, f to uh, cross into French territory. So we're going to be talking about that battle. Uh, we're also going to be looking at um, how the Franks uh, were also... Um, we're also having to battle against the Basques um, in uh, the aftermath of all of that. So, so their their troubles in Iberia were not just limited to the Muslims, but also the Basques who were in the in the north of that um, in the north of that peninsula. Um, but then also um, the foundation of what we may recognise as modern German lands was. Uh, came out of Frankish kingdoms and uh, so we have to look at the emergence of the Hungarians and how they bordered on to the lands of the eastern uh, Franks uh, which we sort of recognise today as the, the origins of the modern country of Germany. Um, so that's all to look forward to. It's a real sort of, uh, you know, a... a you know, it's like a patchwork of states and, and they're very interlinked and it's, it's trying to decipher all of that but if we take it step by step we should do a good job of it. Um, then also we have to sort of look at another layer of European history that was emerging around this time. Of course Germanic tribes also migrated onto the British Isles at this time and sort of established uh, an Anglo-Saxon king kingdom in Great Britain but we also find that the indigenous sort of Britons, um, maybe of Celtic origin, were maybe, um, you know, also in Ireland as well. And and this uh, these two islands, the British Isles, um, were subjected to Viking raids. So we have to introduce the Vikings and and what their role in um, in European history was um, by also. Um, looking at how they battled with the Anglo-Saxons in England, particularly Alfred the Great, and then also how they battled the the residents of Ireland. And, and so we'll be particularly looking at the Battle of Clontarf as well. So um, a lot to do with the British Isles. Of course, the Vikings are the origin of the Normans. Now, we've already mentioned the Normans in the podcast, but also a very important battle between the Normans and the Anglo-Saxons that happened at the Battle of Hastings. And, um, of course, um, with the Normans, they also migrated into southern Italy. And it ties in nicely with our stories of, uh, of Italy and the Byzantine Empire, which we've already covered. So uh, a lot to go on there. We also think that maybe Vikings were the origins of the Kievan Rus, um, who are sort of a, a precursor to the modern country of Russia. Um, so we have to look at that. We also have to look at how um, um, how Christian societies began to try and take back um, the lands of Iberia from the Muslim um, residents there, something called the Reconquista. So we have to look at the story of El Cid, for example. Um, obviously, um, politics and diplomacy uh, was considerably affected by things such as the Magna Carta. So we have to look at that. And also 
the influence of European culture was was strong when it came to the Pope and the Holy Roman Empire. So we have to have a look at the whole concept of of uh, Christian monasticism and uh, the Popes and the Holy Roman Emperors and, and indeed their relationships with each other. And um, also we'll concentrate a bit of time on the nature of um, everyday life of Europeans and how these feudal systems came to uh, pass and what exactly feudalism is. So we'll be looking at that as well. So there's a lot to look forward to and that's just the next 20 episodes. We're not even talking about 20, 25 episodes. We've not even gone into um, the story of the Crusades, which inevitably we will have to um, we will have to tackle that also. But once we've covered the Crusades and that kind of thing, that should probably take us up nicely to around about episode 40. So there's so much to cram in. We'll, we'll remain in Europe. We'll have to play out the story of medieval Europe and bring it up to the 15th century. So um, that that will take us into uh, up to about episode 50. And then we can concentrate on the uh, the progression of India Japan, we have to introduce the story of Japan and the very um, interesting medieval period in Japanese history, a real, um, completely fascinating story in its own right. Uh, we have to continue the story of China and the associated emergence of uh, Korean history um, in, a, in a very sort of prominent fashion. So China and Korea will bring forward. Um, we cannot avoid... Um, the you know we we talked at length about the step cultures and probably one of the most Im- important step cultures uh, was during the medieval period and it was the the Mongol Empire and uh, we'll be taking a particular look at Genghis Khan and uh, and um, then subsequently we'll be looking at um, working in the other direction uh, we'll be having a look at the travels of Marco Polo and how. Um, even a thousand years after the link up of the Silk Roads, how um, sort of European and, and Far Eastern cultures were still somewhat mysterious to one another. And um, so, you know, when we talk about Marco Polo, that will highlight that uh, considerably. Going back the other direction, of course, one of the biggest influences that came from the Far East into Europe was the emergence of gunpowder. So we'll be looking at that. And I know Eric Young has requested that we look more closely at. Uh, medieval weaponry so that might be uh, a great time to look more deeply into that and of course uh, Eric is very keen to just not be talking about gunpowder and uh, and I can assure him there's much more to talk about um, in medieval weaponry than just gunpowder alone so as as I'm sure he probably well knows already. Um, We also have to look at um, maybe um, something that we introduced in previous episodes regarding uh, the travels of the Far East. So it was Far Eastern cultures that really started exploring the lands of the Pacific Ocean. And, and by that, I would um, talk about um, looking at maybe the history of uh, Indochina, um, which is probably the closest, largest landmass uh, to what we might describe as the East Indies, perhaps. And then uh, that will go on to... Uh, talk about the the migrations into uh, sort of Polynesia and and places like the the discovery of New Zealand, for example, and uh, 
the the early cultures of Easter Island, which of course uh, date back to this period as well. And we have to focus on that if we're going to cover the medieval period properly. We can't ignore that. Um, and then, of course, always, um, as it seems, towards the end of the episodes, we, we venture over to the Americas, and we, so we have to keep uh, continuing the story of what was going on in Peru and Mexico, very much uh, a big part of American history, pre-Columbian American history, um, is centred around Peru uh, and Mexico and Central America, that, those kinds of places. And so we have to look at the, uh, the Aztecs and those cultures that were actually eventually, um, you know, eventually the ones that encountered the first Europeans uh, who came across the Atlantic. So we have to set up that. So we'll be looking at the Incas, the Toltecs, the Aztecs, uh, the Mayans. Um, also, we need to probably have a, a bit of an overview about uh, North America as well. So. Um, that tends to get neglected because of the, the sort of the lack of uh, progress by comparison to other parts of the Americas. But we do need to sort of look at things like the pre-Columbian era of North America, um, and then also um, one part of the world that sort of sadly gets neglected somewhat is uh, sub-Saharan Africa, and this is just due to a lack of knowledge really. And but we have to then look at the emerging cultures there because certainly we do have. Uh, you know, we do have a lot of good evidence of what was going on in West Africa, for example, and then also the the cultures of Great Zimbabwe. So um, we will be looking at um, African cultures more closely during this volume as well. But that's it. That's all you've got to look forward to. That should take us right up to maybe between 90 and 100 episodes in total to this volume. So it's, it's really hard to keep the number of episodes down when there's so much fascinating history to talk about. so, uh, But the only way that we're going to get through it is to get our heads down and get back on track. So next week will be the Visigoths and the incredible story of this uh, huge migration across Europe and uh, how on earth did um, you know a, a, a group of peoples who were battling in Bulgarian lands end up uh, residents of Spain and Portugal? Uh, we'll find that out next week. Until next week, uh, thank you so much for listening and uh, thanks for your patience while I've been sorting out a few personal bits and pieces. Um, but next week, we'll be back on track and uh, it'll be great to see you then. So until then, don't forget to make your vote in the Ancient World Cup and don't forget to be good. The History of the World Podcast, written and presented by Chris Hasler. Please consider making a financial contribution by going to the historyoftheworldpodcast.com website and clicking on the Patreon link. Email the show at historyoftheworldpodcast at mail.com And don't forget to join our social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr. See you next time.